With another episode of the Anarchist Experience, episode three forty-five, aka Year Seven, Week Forty-Two, uh, coming at you this week. As always, I am your host, Mister Richie Rich, along with MC and KS. And since this is now the Clubhouse version of the Anarchist Experience, you know where to find us on Clubhouse. Join the Anarchist Experience Club, or follow me at Riches for Rich R I C H E S, the number four R I C H, and then I will hit that button to let you in the club when we start the show. Um, yeah, so you watched, uh, you guys watched Dune and had some opinions on it, and when I said, did you even know that they only produced half a movie and had zero plans to produce the second half until recently, UMC had a plan to solve that problem in the future? Yeah, I have a, I have a plan because I'm a uh, believer in the future of money, which is cryptocurrency, and... Uh, so yeah. Anyway, my my speculation is that if there's any uh, pop culture thing that you want to fund, that that the right way to do it is not a Kickstarter. The right way to do it is to make a cryptocurrency, and especially for something like Dune, which is you know uh, very widely known and uh, has a cult like following. And so that's pretty much all you need for a cryptocurrency to succeed. Okay. Do you is, have to? Do you have to do a whole is, currency though? Can you do like a, a, a token on Ethereum or something like that? Or you don't think that would be as good? Well, yeah, but that's basically what a lot of cryptocurrencies are—are just tokens on Ethereum. Okay. There's a whole bunch of them worth a billion dollars. You know. It's okay. Like, but you're much, you're okay with that? You're not saying that they have to go out and like reinvent the wheel, kind of a thing. Right. None. None of the. Well, okay. Ninety percent of the cryptocurrencies are not reinventing the wheel. They're okay. based based on what's already out there, and they tweak it a little bit, and they release it, and they say, "Oh, now we're going to change the world." It's like, well, uh, maybe not. You know, um, a lot of these things uh, come and go, and that's the rule rather than the exception. So, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of these things in in the top ten are going to go away. A lot of the things in the top hundred are going to disappear entirely. And, um, yeah, fortunes will be uh, made and lost. Okay. And so, um, but yeah, uh, for, for, for what it's worth, you know, Dogecoin is, is a meme coin and it's worth 132. I'm sorry. No. Oh my gosh. I got that messed up. The market cap is $34 billion for, for Dogecoin. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you could, you could definitely create something that ha- has a cult following and, and, a hype and, and the next part is really important, the greed part. So when greed kicks in, people do all kinds of irrational things. And uh, But then, then there's the charity part too. So like, let's say you want to make a, a Dune movie. Um, you could create the cryptocurrency and, and say, we're doing this to raise funds to, to make the movie. Um, and then people start buying it and they say, we're, you know, we're trying to re- raise $10 billion for the most epic movie in the world. And... Uh, and so 
yeah, you could you could hype it up there. If it only gets to five billion, well, you, you still got five billion dollars to make a movie out of. Okay, and part of the reason for that was you weren't impressed with the lack of story in the Dune in the in part one of the new Dune yeah, movie. Yeah, it was certainly lacking, and and it was also the it was also slow. Um, so they could have put a lot more meat in there, um, and and a lot less. Uh, slow shots of people's faces. Okay. I really don't like when movies do that too much. I think it worked in the case of what was that movie? Uh, uh, Breaking Bad, except Breaking Bad. The wasn't, TV show or like the, yeah. the, the made the, the spliced together movie of Breaking Bad, the TV show, the okay. multi series. Okay. Uh, well, cause someone, someone did the, someone edited the TV series and cut it down you know, significantly so that it, it turned into Breaking Bad, the movie. So I wasn't sure. What oh, you're you're kidding. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've, never, I've never seen it. I, I liked the way that it was shot, but my okay. point is it was, it was, I don't know how many episodes there were, uh, you know, eight times six, uh, 48, 48, yeah. uh, 48 at least episodes of break. I mean, yeah. So make a 48 episode Dune. That's what I want. Okay. Put, put and put the meat back in there and, and uh you know the the art history uh, of course you know for some people really love it i think uh you said it was beautiful i thought um, it was stunning like i i said if if when you try to flesh out science fiction right it the the words on paper are one thing but how do you how do you turn that into like the visuals for the movie screen um mm-hmm. and having seen the original dune movie and having seen the dune um, TV series, miniseries, and the Children of Dune miniseries, right? And having not read the book, I will admit. Um, so I knew, I knew the general plot line going into it. I went, wow, this is stunning, right? This is, this is how a science fiction story should look, you know, regardless of how you felt about the, the lack of meat, um, you know, or, or, you know, the, the character driven or all the, all the little intricacies that happen in Dune, right? Like, well, I, I had the visually feeling it was great. They, I had the feeling that they assumed that the, that the audience had already read the book and knew all the background of so many different characters. They, um, which I don't think is necessarily true. I mean, I would have loved to have had, for example, they, they made reference to the special, type of world that his mother, the, the main character's mother had come from. Right. Uh, they made some hint of it, but they could have gone into the whole thing and explained so much more about the background. And it would have been a, a exciting filler for that whole thing. You're right. To make it more exciting. They absolutely could have. And I think that's what MC was getting at when he said that this, this needs to be longer than it is. Um, however, what I would suggest is the assumption that, the vast majority of the audience would already be fans, I don't think is an unsafe assumption. Because Dune the book, right, as as um, known as it is, has kind of a cult following that is not shared by the mainstream, right? Like it is a massive book with multiple uh, sequels, some written by the author's children, you know, and so there, this this is a very expansive world within the science fiction community, which is a very narrow scope of the broader general audience, right? So 
to, you know, and, and nerd books or nerd movies, right, in the past have been kind of cultish in their followings, right? And I think the most recent example to break through from that is like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which somehow, right, took that comic book cult following where only comic book people would go see comic book movies and blew it up into modern popular culture, I don't think that you would have necessarily extended that to Dune um, in the onset, right? So like, oh, you're going to go see this Dune movie because you enjoyed the book and now you get to see, you know, the stunning visuals of that story on screen. And I... If, if I had not seen the miniseries, you know, the, the Children of Dune miniseries or the original Dune movie, right? Like, I have no interest in this movie aside from the fact that it is, you know, a grand scale blockbuster film. And that would be, that would have been my introduction to it. And so not knowing those intricate stories, right, may not matter to me because I was so blown away by the visuals um, as a normal audience member, right? Like, you know, one of the other movies that gets propped up in this in this vein is like Mad Max Fury Road, right? Like there is not a lot to that movie, but it's a great action flick, right? Actually, I've I've warmed up to that movie. Um, yeah, because it's amazing. First, first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, this plot." Because normally, what I want to see is, is is plot. Yeah. Um, and then the ne- next few times I watched it, I started liking it more and more, and now I could watch it and just have fun. Which um, one of the Mad Max? The, the latest one. Yeah. yeah. Fury Road. Okay. Yeah. He, 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 he drives to uh, from one desert lake location to another, and then they drive back. That's the plot. And so. there's like 10 lines of dialogue in the whole movie. <laughs> if that. Right? It's like, it is so action-oriented and, you know, and, and visually stunning that you look past that. And I think that's maybe the the goal of this Dune movie because, right, there, you, you have to get the mainstream audience there. And if they don't see the book, they, they don't really care or know enough about the plot to go into all these intricacies. And if you have read the book, um, then you don't need that part filled in. Yeah. Well, I, st- I still think they miss the boat uh, as far as uh, detail. Yeah in the plot and so sure. they they i think they it, in my opinion they did it the worst way they could okay uh and 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 i'm i'm really not sure about why they chose to do it this way <laughs> more it's, it seems like more like um well uh we we want to make a movie um how can we please uh some people without looking embarrassed and <laughs> well here's a thought because it made bank at the box office. And so that's why they finally greenlit part two, right? Sure. If they had, if they had catered to the nerds and made a 10th of the money, you would not get the, you would not get the, the um, conclusion of the story at all. Mm-hmm. Like it would, you know, so, so I, I really like, um, and I'm not sure how much money they put in it compared to Dune, uh, but I really like the foundation. It's on uh, Apple TV and I like the visuals uh, a lot more than I do the ones in Dune. Okay. Um, so, and I like the, uh, one of the things I don't like about the, about Dune is the, the color palettes and everything is uh, kind of orange, de- depressing and muted and kind of low contrast. Okay. And then, and so 
by by contrast, um, uh, the foundation is uh, bright and poppy, and um, and there's more, and and it's a longer movie. They 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 broke it up into multiple episodes, and yeah. so I think they have more time to put in more detail about you know why I should care about these people. You are absolutely right, and I haven't seen I haven't seen the the foundation. Um, but I have heard critiques and criticisms that Dune itself should also be a longer format um, experience. Yeah. But so I'll have to just release my my Dune cryptocurrency and make that billion dollar movie and like really blow your mind. <laughs> you could. Yeah. Well, and that, here's the other thing. This is the other concern that I raised before we hit the record button here. Right. I know. I know it's apples and oranges cryptocurrency and and Kickstarter. Um, but the Atlas Shrugged movies were terrible. Right. right. You've got this, you know, this epic tome of a book, right? Well quoted amongst libertarians and anarchists alike. Um, you know, kind of like the 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 Bible for free market capitalism, anarcho capitalism, whatever you want to call it. And the movies were trash, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying right. to you're trying to bring in a mainstream audience to like understand these concepts that we've been trying to like fucking get in your goddamn head for so long <laughs> right you go like well let's just make a movie right people like movies we'll 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 get the ayn rand philosophy out there in a movie format um and there was no continuity right there was the, it was you know the, the mm. movies were broken up into parts one two and three but there were different actors different characters right yeah, different different actors yeah that was that was very disturbing yeah well but what what can you do there was no budget right they made the first one, it tanked, and then the, the you know they tried again, and then the third one was like a Kickstarter campaign because we got to get to the end of this somehow. You can't leave us, you know, the, the diehard fans. The first one, I don't know about the, the set parts two and three. I may have. I don't recall. Uh, but the first one, I went to theaters. I'm like, I need to support this, you know, with harder. I didn't even torrent that some bitch. I paid money to go see that <laughs> in the theaters because I'm like, I got to do this if they're gonna if they're ever gonna do parts two and three, and then. They, they ruin the series, right, as far as uh, movies concerned. You can read the book if you want. It's a long-ass read. Um, most people won't do it, but the movies are ruined. Um, and so there's, a, there's always a concern about financing and budgeting these lesser-known um, properties, right? And I think Dune falls into that lesser-known property thing. So they went graphically stunning initially to bring in the audience so that they can complete the series um, and who knows, like you still might get a TV series that, uh, you, you mentioned the, you know, the, the backstory of the, the mother's home planet, right? Chaos. Like, yes, that itself, yeah. if the, if the, if the movies do well, right, that storyline itself could be it then spun off of its own yeah, yeah. or, or a series, right? Mm-hmm. That's one of the beautiful things about the Marvel cinematic universe is that, after the success of all those movies, they've spun it off into, you know, TV shows and animated series and what have you that all intertwine and all push the overall narrative forward. Right. And so there's so much content in the Dune universe, right. That if they continue to be successful, all of those, all of those branches can be explored individually. Um, and if they're not for whatever reason, well then, like like you said, MC, well then fans or whomever needs to start figuring out a way to fund it, 
right? And, and take the lead on the funding side of things with, say, you know, cryptocurrency. Because Kickstarter did not work for Atlas Shrugged. And it makes me nervous. What what else went wrong with Atlas Shrugged? I I viewed the, I, I viewed all of all of the episodes just because of hope, and the the first one actually I thought was okay, a good start. Let's see how it goes, and it kind of went downhill after that because because um, the first one uh, bombed in theaters, and so they didn't have the money for it. Is that, is that yeah. what you're saying? They oh, they, okay. they had like no budget for the second one, and the third one had to be Kickstarter funded because it wasn't even mm-hmm. going to get produced. Like it was dead in the water until the Atlas Shrugs fans came together and said, well, we got to get this fucking thing done. And they put all their, you know, hard-earned money just to get it completed. And the results speak for themselves. Okay. Why did the first one um, bomb? Because of the of the philosophy, the message, or that it was just poorly um, written? I mean, because they one problem with dealing with Atlas Shrugged is that you probably had Leonard Peikoff looking over their shoulder at every word they were saying, so they couldn't adjust the story to a, a normal movie script. They had to probably make sure that they got his approval on everything. That's possible. I don't know the answer to that. Um, if you're asking me my opinion, it's it's because it's a lesser-known property, and they tailored it for the specific audience with whom enjoyed the book, right? mm there was nothing in that first movie that had broad uh, pop culture, average consumer appeal, hmm. right? As a fan of the book, you went, yeah, this is fucking great, right? And then it, you know, bombed because the average person doesn't think it's great. There was nothing to draw them in. There was nothing to catch their attention, mm-hmm. right? There was no modernizing of anything, you know, aside from the fact that because, you know, because it's all railroads, they go like, well, we have to explain why everyone's in, in railroads when we have airplanes now. And then when fuel prices are high, airlines are, you know, it's too expensive to fly planes. I guess everyone's got to take the train again. And that was, you know, that's how they wrote that one out. But, but it just, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't appeal to a mass enough audience to warrant throwing more money at sequels. And I think you would have run into similar issues with Dune, um, and I, w- I want to say you probably would have run into similar issues with Dune, evidence in the fact that this is such a large property, and the only movie that has been made with it up until this point was in the 80s, and it bombed. Right, and that's why I said get the money, get the funding first to do all eight episodes. Sure. And, and then, then you don't have to worry about that. Yeah, if I'm you not... make something that people don't like, fine. You still got, you know, everybody still gets paid. And that gives you the freedom to really put your heart into it and put all the details in it. Yeah. You know, I'm not, one, I'm not disagreeing another, with your solution. I think it's, a, there's another movie that, uh, that, that was a big Epic movie and I think had a cult filing and, uh, you know, they decided to put a whole bunch of money into it. And that was, uh, the Watchmen. I, I really loved the, the movie Watchmen. I had never known about it, uh, prior to the movie come, yeah. coming out. And it um, bombed financial disaster the, the watchman did bad at the movie theater yeah it was oh, oh i didn't know yeah oh i yeah I th- it's one of my favorite movies <laughs> i'm sure it is right but again you know not it, it was it's a comic book movies it's a comic book movie for comic book fans and it did not attract that broader mainstream appeal and that's why it was a one-off instead of a series do you know why it didn't uh connect with them because they again they were just using just the devices for comic book 
yeah characters because comic book fans are a very minor subculture but it works for batman and and uh all that you know for superman and those things it it works better Uh, now domestic thanks to thanks to marvel domestic uh it made 107 million dollars at the box office and worldwide box office was 186 million okay and that was you know years ago i don't know what that equals in today's money but um how much did it cost to make this usually if you're on imdb imdb usually has you know the the production cost but it was it was a big it was a big budget movie oh it did so well 120 million so they still made their money back yeah um but how much do you have to make right you can you can make your money back but that doesn't if you only make your money back you think you're going to get a sequel you got to make money you can't just break even maybe it's it was it was it was another one of those comic books with all the characters right like um i'll compare it to the avengers right all these superhero characters coming together as the watchmen right Mm -hmm. could have branched out into their own individual stories and they just didn't oh sure but but my my point is is that the movie was a complete movie and it was really good and really yeah. interesting. And it had, it had enough in there to, that you understood who all the characters were and why they were important. And so, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just yeah, I'm, I'm really frustrated that Dune wasn't a complete movie. And, and also, it's, it's two strikes against it. It didn't have enough detail in it because it was more, more artistry. Sure. And I think, you know, you may end up with uh, complaints about the director on that because that's kind of, that's his thing, man. He he's mm-hmm. a lot of artistic stuff in there, right? But you were also saying that this this crypto token idea mm-hmm. could be used to fund any number of projects, right? That people are now currently leaning on government funding to do, right? Such as yeah, Islam. go ahead and oh. make a, a save the climate token. And uh, put your money where your mouth is. Buy that crap. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Okay, so here I've I've pitched this on this show before, and we we came very close to doing this before I moved. Right? We need we need to do a save the flag token. <laughs> okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Are you familiar with this cast? Were you around for no. this? Okay, uh-uh. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna share this with you because other people may have heard it. Um, I would never spend money on this. Right. However, at one point in time, I came into possession of a of a of a American flag, right? Stars and stripes, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, wouldn't it be nice, you know, as this is the anarchist experience, for us to do like a good old fashioned flag burn, right? Stick it to the man, piss off some people, good old fashioned. But then the capitalist side of me went, well, there's got to be money to be made in this. <laughs> And so I said, well, let's set up like a GoFundMe or something and auction this flag off, right? Like if, if, the, Go, if the GoFundMe raises $5,000, right, then I will send the flag, you know, I will mail out the flag to the highest bidder or to the highest donor. If it does not reach the funding goal, well, then I'm going to burn it. <laughs> okay, so that you motivate them to get them to save the flag. Save the so all the people who's like you know I, I stomp your face before you stomp my flag. Oh well, now you can put your money where your mouth is. 
Uh, if you really want to save the flag, just throw a couple bucks my way. If this thing hits five grand, and you, you guys will have officially saved the flag. On my word, I will mail it to the highest the, the highest donor. And then, um, and then we just never did it. And I moved, and we never we never. <laughs> so it's, it stayed behind. I'm pretty sure it's. I think I just left it in my car where it had been for yeah, months prior. There's still time. <laughs> well, I, I don't have the flag anymore. However, if we did the save the flag token, right? I'm I may be compelled. Uh, to acquire another another uh, um, another American flag, and then we'll see how much we'll see how much the token makes, right? And then all the, all all you you know bootlickers and flag lovers or whatever can figure it out whether or not you want to do uh, why you want to why you want to save the flag or not. Okay, you got uh, some headlines today. I do. Here, I just Google this real quick as we were talking. That's why I was kind of stuttering. So this An- is- another thing we were talking about actually before you got online was um and we were just watching it the the kyle rittenhouse stuff is is there oh. anything that stands out to you uh, ks about uh the rittenhouse trial oh um well i just watched the first for the first time the the video today because it was all of the news and everything okay i have missed <clears throat> zero hours of court footage at this point i am fucking caught up excited for monday <laughs> so please are, are you going to riot <laughs> okay here's a here's a headline wisconsin is calling in like 500 national guard members to be ready for monday just in case the the, the verdict is given on monday <laughs> is the verdict expected monday uh they're doing case, closing yeah. they're doing closing arguments and jury instructions on monday and monday will begin jury deliberations so if <laughs> I want. I kind of want to get your thoughts on it, but I've, I'm already biased. If the jury gets it right, right, it shouldn't be a long deliberation. They should come back not guilty on Monday. That would be that would be my anticipation. But I want to hear your thoughts before I, you know, suggest my expectations. So go ahead, Cass. No, no, no. I'm I'm all ears about it. I I really uh, haven't followed it closely. I just know that the guy, uh, what what the basic charge is, um, but. It, it it seems like the the jury must be in the back of their mind wondering about the huge community backlash that they're going to face if they if they come out with a non uh, a not guilty verdict and i wonder how much that that weighs on them you know personally in making their decision and also at one time one of the jurors was taking pictures of the other jurors and so they're afraid that that might get out and i I don't know. The safest thing that could probably happen is probably a mistrial with prejudice, and the defense was pushing for that at one point because the right. prosecutor would be the safest thing. Off his rocker. Yeah, but it would be the safest thing for the jurors. It would be it would confuse the left enough that they wouldn't know, you know, what happened. <laughs> like, oh, right. what are we supposed to do now? It's just a mistrial. It wasn't like nobody declared him innocent. So, uh, you know, <laughs> then you really get the riots. Because the because they're they're already attacking the judge for being prejudiced, right? At mm-hmm. some here's I don't know I don't have the headline in front of me, but at some point the judge's phone rings, right? And they're like, "Did you hear that? Did you hear what the judge's ringtone is? The judge's ring, <laughs> the judge's ringtone is the same song that Trump comes out to when he's doing rallies." <laughs> and that's god bless america or something i don't know what it is i wasn't paying that close like i watched everything <laughs> right. but i don't know songs enough to, to care right so i think it's god bless america and then 
Um, but he, but the judge also has a U.S. flag sitting right next to him in the courtroom too. So right, <laughs> another strike against him. <laughs> right, and, and here's the beautiful thing, right? Like I would never, I, I'm not again, I'm not a big fan of this, but just, just the fucking hilarity that ensues. Um, Thursday was Veterans Day, right? Oh yeah, I, this this is actually kind of embarrassing. Okay, do you want do you want to tell this one then? For no, chaos? Go, go for okay, it. Okay, chaos. Thursday was Veterans Day. Right. Yeah. And the judge goes, well, we're all, we're all here on veterans day. Um, so what I usually like to do on, on veterans day, well, let, let me just ask, you know, like, uh, how many veterans do we have here in, in, in the audience? And like one dude raises his hand and he goes, Oh really? I, I there's usually more. Uh, but you know, let's just give this, let's give this gentleman a round of applause for being a veteran. Thank you for your service. All this nonsense. Right. Guess who that yeah. one dude was. I don't know. Expert witness for the defense. <laughs> being subpo- being subpoenaed or whatever to testify that day so they give him a round of applause and then he takes the stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah he couldn't make it up you can't make so- this stuff up <laughs> and what was he what, what was his uh testimony but uh um he was he was uh he was a witness for the um the video um yeah just the, the the veracity of the video um, oh, okay. and how it, how the video was edited in a certain way and how you can enhance color and light and whatnot to you know to to highlight certain things um, in the video and so okay. he was he was just there because one of you know so Friday jump to Friday some people were probably saying it was tampered with or something well okay no th- I think this was still Thursday yeah this is still Thursday so Thursday the prosecution's witness gets up there and they're trying to, this is the, another weird thing, right? Like the, the prosecutor got this one right. They said, judge, I don't want to be rude, but I really think the defense is trying to take advantage of your technological ignorance by feeding you excuses as to why certain things can't be done when it really has no basis in reality. And you're just not knowledgeable enough to see through the BS, right? <laughs> not a direct quote, because they one of the uh, one of the elements of the fact finding that the that the prosecution was trying to admit into evidence was that Kyle Rittenhouse provoked the attack by raising his firearm in the direction of 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 Joseph Rosenbaum and the guy he was with uh, Lipnicki or whatever. Um, and that's wrong. That's the Transformers kid, but whatever. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, and they have this super blurry video that's, you know, from a, from a drone. So it's really far away. And they're trying to put it on this like 4k TV and trying to show the judge like right here, right there. You see that, you see that black dot. That is where Kyle raised his gun. And it's like a fucking, (laughs) it's a black dot on the screen. Right. And so, and so the you know the prosecutor goes like uh, I just want to like show this on the iPad and I just want to pinch and zoom to zoom in. And, Objection your honor. The iPad uses software that uses logarithms and other stuff to manipulate the photo so that what you're seeing is not really what you're seeing. Right? Like it's not yeah. it's not the it's not the raw footage, you know. So you, you, there's no way that you can do that. And then in, in argument, right, they, they had, the, you know, the, the prosecutor had their uh, expert witness and they asked, 
Like, well, how long did you work on this particular photo? Like, if you wanted to give, you know, how did how did you how long did it take you to get to this point from the from the raw footage? And the guy goes, oh, I worked on it for like you know, like you know, three days or whatever. Well, how many hours? Like, yeah, I put I put like twenty hours into that. Oh shit! So in so in arguing, the defense goes, look at this, your honor. They're t- this is their star fucking photograph, right? And this guy had to put in twenty hours worth of work to get it to look like this. And you're trying to tell me that's good enough <laughs> to, a, to a dot, <laughs> right? Uh, and and so you know the the judge itself again, right? Being technologically technologically uh, ignorant, challenged. Cha- yeah, challenged. That's a good word too. Technologically challenged goes like, well, you know, I I have all these text messages with my friends, right? And sometimes I take like a screenshot of them. And to save them out, because I can't read it all later, I want to read it later. You know, I can't read it all now, I want to read it later. And then he shows his phone, and it's like, the you know, the long picture with like, it just looks like a ribbon down the phone, right? Mm-hmm. You familiar with this? Like, yeah. just one line. And he goes, and I'm like, well, I can't read that, because look how small it is. And so I pinch and I zoom on my phone, right? Mm-hmm. I still can't read it. It's still just a blur to me, you know? <laughs> and you're telling me that this crime lab or whatever can manipulate this? To make it clear and I can understand. And so he rejected it, you know, like no pinching and zooming, none of this nonsense. And, you know, yeah, I personally think he got that wrong. Um, but I also, I, I think that is because well, it has to, has to be in the context though. If somebody is manipulating an image and it takes him 20 hours to do it, there's a high probability that he's putting in what he wants to see. Understood. But I also don't think that that's what happens when you pinch and zoom on a phone, Right. The no, no. If you take an image and then you and then you blow it up, it's not it's not adding things where it shouldn't be. It's just showing the, the pixels exactly as they are, which is then shrunk somebody, down on the phone because right. there's so many you know millions more pixels than the, the phone right. will display you know natively on that small screen. Yeah, because well, it has to have more detail than uh, necessary so that well, so that you can blow it up later. Well, so it looks detailed from from your 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 vision i mean you know if if you're if you watch a a, a movie you're not seeing you know, every little uh thing in the movie in and there's some things you wouldn't notice unless you zoom in on them understood you know, and highlight them and zoom in on them right um so it, it makes it it makes it appear more crisp and more detailed and better visually because life is very detailed and crisp and right. And, and so you want to get a close approximation to that. And so you put as much detail in there as possible. And the prosecution was not technologically savvy enough to explain that to the judge. Of course. Right. I mean, so, it's, <laughs> but, but still the, the point that came out is, is the most important to me is that this guy worked on this image for 20 hours. Right? <laughs> um, that's just, yeah, that's a, don't, you can't use that in court. Yeah. Well, and, and, and there was, you know, through, throughout the testimony, I mean, they're, they're memeing the shit out of this right now. Um, but the, the prosecution's star witness like tanked the case, I think it was uh, Wednesday he was on the stand gauge Grosskreutz. So if you, if you want to watch, if you want to watch footage, uh, KS of like how not to be the star witness for the prosecution, <laughs> like watch, watch his testimony and then watch his cross, right? You know, give yourself a couple hours for this. Cause it was, it was a beautiful thing. Not only did he destroy, um, 
his own victimhood, right, as being, you know, just just another guy that Kyle Rittenhouse shot. Mm-hmm. But he destroyed the victimhood of Anthony Huber, the skateboard guy, um, and Jump Kick Man, that's the guy that kicked Kyle Rittenhouse in the face. He destroyed their victimhood in the same testimony. Because he said, like, I saw this kid getting beat on. I saw a dude jump kick him in the face. I saw a dude hit him in the head with a skateboard. And I was concerned for his safety. So I ran up there. Right. With a gun. With a gun. And and that was the most beautiful thing, right? Like he was, you know, you you knew he was lying. Um, but the, the way the way he was answering questions, um, but the, they, the 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 defense in cross like pinned him down. They said, "So at this point, you run up to him with your hands up. That is correct." And he and he points the gun at you. That is correct. And he doesn't shoot. That is correct. Okay. And then like a moment later, you point your gun directly at his head. That is correct. And that's when he shoots you. That's when he destroyed my bicep. So let me get this straight. You, you have your hands up, gun pointed at you, doesn't shoot. Yes, that is correct. But as soon as you point the gun at him, he shoots you. That is correct. I have no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. And, yeah. and then they get, they get Kyle on the stand, right? Like he, I, I, I started watching this, um, at work, no. I, when did I start? No, I, st- I started his testimony. Um, I started the day I think when I got home. When I got home from work, like I found the video or I started watching it. And I went okay. I no, because he wasn't. He wasn't like the first one up. So I watched a little bit at work during the day, and then I got home. Like, damn, it's it's about it's fucking Kyle time. You know, I'm excited for this. I made a fucking bag of popcorn, and was like sitting up in my chair to watch his uh, to watch his testimony. And cross examination, like I was again, I was fucking totally into this. Um, and there, you know, the left is already making a big deal of his, you know, fake crying on the stand. Which, yeah, I get it, but he's also, I think, what 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 is missed in that, right, is a whole bunch of adults picking on him. He's still only eighteen, right? And so I try to put myself in the mindset of an 18 year old or where I was when I was 18 and I was nowhere near where this kid is at, like not even close. Um, as far as, you know, his, his aspirations, right. His, his desire to help the community, right. Like I had none of that. I was playing video games and that was it. Um, and not much has changed for me. Uh, but so, and, and he's like, he's being treated for PTSD because of this incident, right? Which is understandable having shot and killed, you know, two people, shot three people, killed two people um, while being attacked as a 17-year-old, right? So he's like, he has, he has a, like a panic attack, an anxiety attack, an emotional breakdown on the stand as he's getting, you know, cross-examined about these events because the, the prosecutor is like, just riding him, you know, as he should, as the prosecutor, you know, fair play, whatever you decided to take the stand. But, you know, the, the prosecutor tried to tie in his desire to go out and kill people to his, you know, his desire to play Call of Duty, right? So you play Call of Duty, you play this video game, right? 
He's like, yeah. And that this was my is my favorite part. Yeah. So it says, you, you use a gun that is similar to the one in Call of Duty. He's like, he's like, yeah. He's like, you, you, you're not using a handgun. You're not using something else. And he's like, well, there's, there's handguns in Call of Duty too. Yeah. <laughs> like, but but not only point? that, but not only that, he's not allowed to carry a handgun. <laughs> and they go, well, what about a shotgun? He goes, well, you know, this was, you know, mid 20 pandemic shortages, right? He goes like, well, we went to the store to get a shotgun and they didn't have any and they had this one. So this is the one I bought, you know? Like, all right, that's, that is believable, man. I and, too have gone to the and store. He's and also have- really honest about it because they said, well, why did you pick this gun? He says, well, I think it looks cool. Yeah. You know, it's the, it's, <laughs> like, the, it's the same one his friend had, right? Hey, dude, your gun's pretty cool. I think I want one too, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So it's it was it was it was a highly entertaining and educational week. Now, um, Friday they had they had a few hours of footage on Friday, uh, yesterday, and this was this was basically like when the actual charges were read. I guess because they were deciding what, what, what the jury is going to deliberate on. And in my opinion, having watched that, um, it seems evident, if not clear to me that the prosecution knows they lost. And this is evident in the fact that on like every major charge, right. They were asking for, the lesser charge to be included, right? So, okay, maybe he didn't murder, maybe it wasn't like intentional homicide, but maybe it was reckless endangerment of some kind, right? Maybe maybe the jury will likely find him innocent on this, but we can still get him on this smaller thing. And so there was a whole bunch of back and forth um, on Friday regarding that aspect of it. And the way that they were the way that they were describing the lesser charges, um, I could see a case being made. I wouldn't agree. If I were a juror, I wouldn't vote in that direction. Um, but I think there was, there was enough, uh, enough compelling testimony where leaving those lesser charges in seems reasonable, even if I disagree. Because one of the, one of the, one of the lesser charges is recklessly endangering Richie McGinnis, who was the like reporter on the the, uh, the journalist on scene. How did he jeopardize him? Because the bullets went through Joseph Rosenbaum. Oh, and it could have hit somebody else. Right, and he fired two shots at Jump Kick Man and missed. And where did those bullets land? And so you know, being a being a, uh, you know, currently non-practicing, I guess at this point, but I'm still certified, certified firearms instructor, right? You're responsible for your shots, even a self-defense situation, right? Oh, responsible in, in that if you damage something, then, then you're responsible, but. Right. But if someone is attacking you and your bullet misses them and hits an innocent bystander, you're, sure, responsible, you're responsible for that shot. Of course. Right? And if the bullet goes through him and hits an innocent bystander, you're responsible for that shot, right? Mm-hmm. And so the bullet went through Rosenbaum and through uh, McGinnis's testimony, whizzed by McGinnis's legs or something to that effect, right? Mm-hmm. So even though he shot Rosenbaum in self-defense, he's still responsible for where that bullet goes. I don't, Which went nowhere. 
<laughs> well, it went somewhere. And, yeah, but and it didn't hit anybody. So You're correct, but it didn't have to hit because the lesser charge is um, Re- reckless. Uh, reckless disregard. Yeah. Or something to that effect. Yeah. And so, you know, not... Which, you know, which it, I don't think it's, is valid at all because it wasn't reckless disregard. It was he was trying to do something and there's always consequences no matter what you do. Um, Understood. And so, yeah. But I can't, if, if someone is, is attacking me, right, and I pull out my firearm and there's a crowd behind him, I can't pull that trigger, man. Because I don't know what's I don't I know what's behind I have to know what my target is and what's behind it. And Kyle Rittenhouse either didn't know what was behind his target or did not care what was behind his target, and that is that that in and of itself is a a safe handling of firearms violation, you know, which somewhere intertwines into this reckless disregard thing, right? I didn't know Richie McGinnis was back there. Well, you you have to know, man. You can't pull the trigger unless you know. Like that's. Them, them's the rules, um, and there are consequences to violating those rules. And sometimes violating those rules is death of an innocent um, because you didn't know or didn't care. Sure, and and I would hold Kyle accountable if if somebody was damaged by that. Okay. Um, yeah, if if a, somebody that wasn't chasing him got hit, I would say, well, you know, <laughs> that was your bullet, dude. <laughs> like. Sorry, but those are the breaks, you know. Um, but it didn't happen that way. So now, okay. So let me throw this out there because again, I would, I would generally, if I was a juror, I would be on your side. But as you can see, I can hear the other side of this case, right? Sure. Um, yeah. I, many, I hear it too. Many of times, uh, you know, rapper in a nightclub discharges firearm at his table, right? Hits nobody. Property damage, whatever still gets a felony charge because he was not responsible with that shot. Didn't hit anybody. Just hit the table, just hit the chair, whatever. Well, it depends. Did did he have a reason to discharge it? And that's where I think, to me, it makes the big difference. Okay. If if the rapper was defending himself against somebody with a gun or somebody uh, threatening to kill him and, you know, charging him, um, then there's, it's, it's a, it's a whole separate thing. You, you, He's not just being, you know, reckless. He's there's something else to it. Like okay. he's discharging to accomplish something, not uh, just being reckless. And that's and that came out in the in the in the trial too. Um, and the defense said that well, he wasn't spraying it around, uh, you know, right. being careless. Understood. Like I said, I understood, but I also I heard on Friday when they were deliber- when they were discussing this. I heard the way it was worded and I went, shit, he might still get busted on something. That was my, that was my original thought. And that's how I processed it. Yeah. I wouldn't convict. No, not a chance I'd convict on anything. From, from the point of the left though, most, most of the leftists that that talk about the case, they, they really care that, well, it, it was a protest that, you know, didn't involve him and he shouldn't have been there anyway. Yeah. And, and, by bringing a gun to a potentially chaotic situation that that is the reason why he's guilty. And yeah. And that's, that's just a matter of, you know, points of view. Um, Well, and he wasn't the only one to bring a gun, right? Sure. Even Grosskreutz had his gun with him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 
and that's and that's the the ironic thing about it. If if Kyle goes down, uh, Grosskreutz should go down as well. Yeah, on well on that because he never discharged his firearm. He just had it out for you know whatever reason. <laughs> just to just to point it at just to point it at him, <laughs> which which would have to which would have to be like if if they want to bring charges against Grosskreutz, they could, and you know that would probably oh, they be a they much had shorter. some. They had charges against him. They dropped him two days before he went on the stand. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if they dropped it with prejudice, though. They could probably, re- after his testimony and sink right. in the case, you never know. We're, yeah. we're going to have to bring those charges back, H. And that's why Grosskreis was, was trying so hard to make it look like, oh, I wasn't chasing him. <laughs> you know, <Yeah>. like I was. <laughs> because he's defending himself, you know, at like, the same time. Yeah. Well, that's it, what it, he was, was there for. He had, he had to make himself out to be the victim, right? And he failed at that completely. Completely. If anybody provoked well, anything, you know, aside from Rosenbaum. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but you can see his where the where it could be made that he was just trying to stop the situation from getting worse. I you know, I he, could he, see he, that. Yeah, sure. He, he he just saw the skateboard guy get, you know, shot and Okay, now what is he going to do? And this happens like split seconds, right? So yeah, <laughs> I I really think he was going there to end his life, uh, and then he, you know, the, the skateboard guy just happened to get shot. But yeah, who knows? I would. That's a narrative that I would believe, and I also believe the narrative of the false surrender, because as he's running up on Kyle, gun in hand, right? Mm-hmm. That's when skateboard guy gets shot, and all of a sudden he's got a rifle pointed at him before he's set to like ready his firearm. Mm-hmm. Right. And this is, this is one of the questions that a uh, line of questions that was asked in the trial was you could have shot him from a few steps back. Right. Like you didn't have to run up on him if you were going right. to shoot him. Right. You know? So clearly that wasn't the reason you were running up on him. Like who holds <laughs> a gun like that? You know, when you're going to shoot somebody, you like, you put the hands together and you get to the fucking firing stance. You I, didn't do I that. Think, I think he wanted to put the gun to his head so that he, doesn't shoot anybody else and whether or not he would have pulled the trigger who knows who knows but you know he was he was running on up on him so fast that it seemed uh you know aggressive it seemed like um it what it seemed to me like was and 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 it makes sense with his earlier testimony to the to the cops too or remarks to the cops um that he was um no i lost my train of thought about him about him running up what he, what he was doing running up so close? Because my, my thoughts got tangled up because er, earlier, uh, the first time he, he runs apost- across Kyle, Kyle says, I'm, I'm going to get the cops. But Yeah. But, but uh, Gross, uh, what's his name? Gross Kreutz. It's a weird Gross name. Gross yeah, says to the cops that he heard Kyle said, I'm, I'm with the cops. I'm working with the cops. Right. And so when, okay, here, I got back on track again. When the mob started going after this guy, saying he's get him, get him, get him, only then does he does Gorskoy's turn around. It's like, oh, mm. everybody's after this guy. I should be in on it too because that's what the mob does, right? I they, should be the hero of the mob, mm-hmm. right? Because I've got the um, gun. Exactly, he had the gun, and, and you know, prior to that, he didn't think anything of going after this guy. But then, you know, the mob says, oh, get him. Yeah. And he thinks, oh, he's, he's a cop or he's working with the cops or he's going to the cops. I'm going to stop him. Right. 
don't let him get to the cops or, you know, like, and that, and that's, that's what's, you know, funny to me is that, you know, here's a guy running to the cops and, and now you have to stop him before he gets to the cops. It's like, no, come on. Yep. It's a, it's, it's a little Seuss man as the kids yeah. say and, these days. And you, and you could say that, okay, well, if he gets to the cops then he might get away with murder. So you have to kill him before he gets to the cops. I mean, that, that is vigilante justice. Right. And that's what I really think he was doing was vigilante justice. I, yeah. I really don't think he was going to hold a gun to his head until the cops get there. I mean, oh, yeah. how no, crazy would that be? No. Okay. So this guy doesn't trust the cops and he's going to hold this guy at gunpoint until the cops get there. I mean, imagine what would happen. The cops would get there. They would see some guy pointing a gun at somebody and they would light him up. They would absolutely. They might, they might yeah. shoot both of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at that if, point. if that happened, they would have shot Kyle Rittenhouse in error and then justified it. Of course. Yeah. So good thing that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Any, any questions, concerns on that cast now that you've got a little bit more details there? No, that's very, okay. very illuminating. So here, here's the, here's the funniest thing I read all week and I've seen the video clip. Um, Tucker Carlson, you guys fans know this gentleman mm. I was talking to someone who had never heard of Tucker Carlson. I'm like, how could you not <laughs> even, even if you're on the left, they vilify no, him so much. There's, so many people on the left that have got this Kyle Rittenhouse thing completely wrong. And oh yeah. They're even coming out on Facebook saying, Oh, I didn't know all the people he shot were white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it was a black lives wow. rally matter. They all thought he shot a black <laughs> dude or three black dudes. So, so there's so many people that are completely clueless and they don't real, they don't understand why like, Hey, you're in a bubble. Get out of your stupid little bubble. Right. Um, and the, the girl on uh, young Turks came out and just said, Oh yeah, I was wrong. It's like, Which well, what amazing. else are you wrong about? Yeah. It's amazing that they admit it. That's a, that's the, might be the most surprising thing. Yeah. I think, uh, I think being wrong is, is, is a healthy thing. It's like, it gives you an opportunity to change and to become better. But for right. some people, it's just like, I'm always right. I'm never wrong. Yeah. I've never made a mistake. Yeah. I'm, I'm one of those people most of the time, but I'm usually, <laughs> I'm fucking usually right, man. Um, no, I, I mean, I, I'm I'm sure there's things that you've changed your mind about. There's definitely things Absol- I've changed my mind about. Absolutely. Yeah. And even in this case, you 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 hear things and you're like, oh yeah, well actually this could you know. Well, and this is what we was, talked he, about. He was he was reckless. It's like maybe I was maybe that's some new information. I'll incorporate that into my thought process. It's it's, it's a wonderful thing to be able to do. You know. Right. And and it, and it's because, like I said last week when we discussed this, I try to look at all of this from as neutral and an unbiased position as I can when evaluating it. Right? Yeah. But what, one of the reasons why you do that is because you want the, the most information, yes. not the least. You don't, you don't want to just find out what makes your, your side happy. Right. You know? That is correct. I like, and I, I was talking to someone about this. I said, like, I am a very judgmental person, right? I get that. But here's the thing. I am judgmental. My judgment is based on all the information that has been provided to me up until that point. You give me all the information you have, I will make a I will make a judgment, I will give you my opinion. But I reserve the right to change to my change mind, mind. <laughs> as more information becomes to like, right? Like if you if you go like, well, you know, if you play play the stupid game where, you know, like uh, I, well, it's not a stupid game, I guess, but we do um in in some of the firearms classes I'm in, right? We do like there's like shoot no shoot scenarios. Right, they go, here's the situation. You know, guy walks into a thing uh, and does whatever, and uh, do you shoot him? 
right? And you go like, well, of course, you know, when you put it like that, he goes, but what if this were the case instead? You know, how does that change? Like, do do you have enough information to pull that trigger? You know, if you have a limited scope of the situation as it stands, um, and this comes out a lot of times when you know when people t- when there's a fight and people try to intervene in the fight, like cops do it, right? They show up and shoot the wrong guy, right? Because they, they have a limited narrow scope of information. They go to the scene. They see, fuck, that dude has the gun. He's the bad guy. Boom, they shoot him. And it turns out that he was the good guy who had already killed the bad guy before you got there. And you know, son of a bitch, right? Now that I have more information, I probably would have acted differently, but I didn't at the time. Um, and so I reserve the right to change my opinion. And so I'm, I'm glad that these people on the left, right, are like admitting that they had it wrong and, may, and yeah. hopefully will change their bias. Um, but what I really want them to do is look at everything the same way they look at this and, and look at the sources when, the, when, when, you know, the MSNBC, CNBC, all the, all these people uh, are calling Kyle a murderer in the middle of the trial. You know, it hasn't concluded yet. And it's, why would you continue to watch MSNBC after that? Yeah. Like you guys are distorting things. Uh, making me hate somebody that I shouldn't hate okay. or, you know, whatever. Well, um, here to be fair, then there was, uh, I think it came from the, we are change channel or Mark Dice or one of those. Cause mm-hmm. it was posted on, uh, freedoms, Phoenix and Ernest Hancock's channel. Right. It was like the big old headline, not guilty right. in reference to this. And I go like, how do you know? The jury hasn't even gotten instructions yet. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the same te- well, technique from the other side. <laughs> To be fair, uh, not guilty until proven. It, uh, not yeah, not guilty until okay, proven. Okay, but. innocent until proven guilty. Is what yeah. Okay. <laughs> innocent, All yeah. right. Whatever. But on, in the con <laughs> in the context of blurting out a headline such as "not guilty" in the middle of a trial, right? Right. Can be seen as as similar tactics. No, I understand the tactic, but yeah. it it in in I don't know. I think it's fair to say innocent uh, until or proven not guilty. guilty. Yeah. And, and yeah, until okay. proven so. That's fair. Um. So one of the, what I was going to share with with you, Cass, this Tucker Carlson thing. Um, mm-hmm. Are you the kids use the term "based"? I don't know if you're familiar with that. If you are, look it up. But he was he in one of his shows. I don't know if it's a recent one or an old one, but they they're starting to meme this quote now. Um, in in regards to Joseph Rosenbaum, who's got uh, a number of convictions for you know uh, child molestation and you know mm-hmm. unwanted sexual conduct with a minor and all that stuff. So Tucker Carlson on his show. Right goes like Joseph Rosenbaum died the way he lived, uh, trying to touch an unwilling minor. <laughs> I was like, that was great. You just it gets gets no better than that. That right yeah, there the way sums it all up. Died the way he lived, and the the amount of mental hoops that the leftists have to go through to 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 view these people as heroes. Yeah. It's just mind-boggling. Right. To, to view them as heroes and, and to vilify a kid who, until he shot three people, right, like even that aspect of it, all that they knew was he was white and had an AR-15. I don't know what his political affiliation is, right? He was, you know, he, he worked with the law enforcement, like he was one of those young law enforcement cadets. Mm-hmm. And so right off the bat, like, I don't want to like him. He wants to be a fucking cop, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and I point that out to, to people on Facebook. It's like, I, like, 
if if Kyle died, I'd be like, okay, one bootlicker gone. Right. <laughs> so, so what? Like, yes. And then and then the other guy would have to go to trial and say, you know, why were you doing this? And he would say, well, I was defending myself. He pointed a rifle at me. Like, yeah. okay. And I like, probably would have cheered like, him on for killing a bootlicker. I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to get upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> But no, go ahead, burn down uh, Kenosha again. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what surprises me is that there's so little attention to all of the... I mean, I, I did see some pictures of, of all the cars and the houses that were burned, businesses that were burned during the rioting. I, I don't see why that isn't uh, at all part of the overall picture. It, well, because property doesn't matter. Lives matter. matter. Yeah, yeah. And, that's, right. and that's part of the leftist narrative is that... Uh, yeah, the, the the property is is bad, and it's so and it's okay. it, it should be destroyed. Un- mm. Unfortunately, that is also part of the oh, firearm narrative as well. Didn't MC mentioned uh, that uh, they really put down the prosecutor because he was saying, "Well, and these guys were just going about their usual business, you know, burning and looting and all." Then and then they get attacked by this guy. I mean, isn't that uh, the gist of what the the judge? called him on uh the prosecutor uh, for saying yeah because yeah the, pro- the the prosecutor did start <laughs> saying that and the, the judge had to stop him he's like no just stop you're making your case worse <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so, why are you telling me about all the bad things they did <laughs> right before so one of the other well i guess we'll wrap up with this one of the other um interesting things about the ignorance of the left right is I've talked to uh, a, a few different people. They're like, hey, what are you doing, Rich? I go, I'm fucking watching this trial. I'm like, what trial? I'm like, well, fucking Kyle Redhouse. I don't know anything about that. Like, and my immediate response is, how could you not know anything about this? This <laughs> shit was fucking everywhere. Um, but I've talked to enough people who have no idea what's going on that I go, okay. Like, I've, I have changed my mind on this as well. I can see how they can find 20 people who don't know anything about this to seat the jury. <laughs> because there are people that are just so ignorant to what's going on around that yeah you 20 people and i guess the and way that are the, those the ones you want to select for jury <laughs> yeah i mean if they if they're so disconnected from the news in general um yeah okay didn't know much about it either so he, he would I'm, have been a perfect uh, you may have, yeah, you yeah. may have been a perfect jury member. But, but it's, I'm on the other side of the planet. I mean, they're talking about jurors from that community. Right, understood. And so there's riots going on in their community. This kid shoots three people at the riots, right? And you don't know what happened. You didn't read the, <laughs> like, completely clues? Months later. How long ago was it? It was, it was over, later? no, it was over a year ago. It was like yeah, uh, summer of 2020. Um, but the, I guess the way they do it in Wisconsin as well is they, they seat 20 people and then they do like a, a roulette or, you know, a raffle, some kind, to pull the 12 that are going to actually decide the case. So you, you could pull a bad fucking bingo card and, lo- and lose, basically, if that dude's persuasive enough. Final thoughts? All right. That'll do good, it for us yeah. then. Good, oh, good. All right. Okay. That'll do it for us. You guys know where to find us, anarchistexperience.com, on telegram, t.me slash anarchistexperience, or t.me slash the anarchistexperience. Uh, again on Clubhouse at me at Riches for Rich R I C H E S the number four R I C H, and if you'd like to contribute to the show financially, you can do so through Patreon patreoncom slash the Anarchist Experience. Thank you very much for listening, and we'll talk to you all next week. Peace. Aloha. <laughs>